Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast, by the fan, for the fan, talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Oh, once again, it's another fine and wonderful Tuesday, and that can only mean one thing. It's time once again for your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. Look at us, you know, if you look at the background, you see Scotty D representing his Hillers of Trinity High School, B-Live representing the Sports Bros, of course, and me too, and Clemson, and him representing Clemson, and me representing the Sports Bros as well. Um, I'm happy to be here. It's Tuesday. Head of creative on his head of creative stuff, because if you know, you know. But that's enough of my incoherent rambling. I'm here to introduce two of the best co-hosts in the world. Introducing first, the almighty B-Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? I can safely say this. This is, we just passed the last weekend of not having Slam meaningful ball. football. Stop it. <laughs> We're going into what they somewhat call week zero, but it is the regular season of college football coming upon us this coming weekend. That's why I had to break out the polo. Because you know what I'm saying? Got to get ready because your boy and his Clemson Tigers are number four in the nation. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Number four in the nation preseason poll. Oh yeah, and then um, there's there's another team that's being represented um with the Sports Bros. They've got two total votes in the AP poll, and then P- Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh got some votes. They got some votes, but um, they they they're, they're up there a little bit. So we're not talking about them too. Kenny, so, Kenny, Kenny. I'm just, I just had to go ahead. The the, the, the quarterback formerly known. As the starter of the Pittsburgh Panthers, so what do they do? What do they do from here? Go ahead and introduce the other guy. Let's see what he has to say to start off the show. You know he's gonna sing something. So uh, bless us with his wonderful. No, I can't even lie like that. Um, just just have him sing something. All right, All right. Here, roll that beautiful bean footage. And as introduced earlier, here is the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, the assistant athletic director. Of Trinity High School, the Hillers, the runner of the scoreboard, the spotter, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the money man, Scotty D. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. With my two bros, Eddie Cole and the stunningly handsome Be Live. Sport, the, sport, sport in the Clemson gear, looking stunningly handsome today. Uh, I'm excited to talk, and I, I'm excited to share some news with you. But today, I don't know if you heard this earlier. I was named the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Thank you, thank you very much. I'm, see, I, I'm very excited. See, I, see, that's why I didn't trust a thing he just said. Because for for him to call me stunningly handsome at the beginning <laughs> of the show just let me further know that we about to roll into some bs and so yeah, just, i just i i i ain't trust the i ain't trust the one bit and eddie cool 
we're we gonna talk about this and um and because we um um he just got like a 15 second introduction i i just got a five second introduction he That's because it's 20- scott donnelly and the sports bros podcast yeah, well, we have talked about i will walk off the show right now we were not doing this a you're not gonna take over the show b you know, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just reading right here. It's Baker Mayfield. It wasn't me. I'm sorry. I got I got confused. I thought. Anyway, let's talk. Let's talk about some sports here. Eddie, cool. Let's talk about before we get into a fight. Let's talk about some sports. All right. Well, let's get right into it. The top of the order. All right. Let's get this thing started. Here it is. The top of the order. Um, fellas. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but boy, did I see the tweets and see the memes, and I hear about Kamaro Usman, L, a, a kick upside the head, a kick that was heard around the world, a K-I-C-K on the back of his neck, in the words of Bernie Mac, it made his teeth click, like, <laughs> it made him do all that. Um, Scotty D, what the hell happened at UFC? Leon Edwards threw a lottery kick and cashed it in because the best fighter in that fight did not win the fight. Kamar Usman was clearly the better fighter of the two, and he got caught. And it happened from the time to time. It happened years ago when George St. Pierre got knocked out by Matt Sarah. And Matt Sarah is not a Hall of Famer, but that night he walked out of the ring with his hands in the air and a belt around his waist. And that happened this week with Leon Edwards. Uh, it's not that Leon Edwards is not a good fighter. And a matter of fact, he uh, was the first to take Usman down in, a, in the UFC in the first round when he, he tripped him up and, and drove him to the mat. And he won that first round. But then he did not win any of the next three rounds. He was visibly frustrated. He was tired because this, this was in Utah and it was at elevation. And Usman trains regularly at elevation. So he was... Not nearly as fatigued as Edwards was. But I don't know if you saw this, B-Live, but at the end of the first round, when Usman went back to his corner, his trainer said, we're going to wear this mf down. I just don't want you to get caught with anything stupid. He said something to that effect, meaning you got to be more careful that, than to get caught like he did with that takedown. And then it was somewhat prophetic because there in the fifth round, Usman ducked his head to the right, and that was where the kick came from, from the left, and, and it put him out instantly. I mean, Leon didn't even have to go after him and, and throw any punches. It was it was over before he hit the ground. He was he was instantly out, and it was beautiful. And give and give Edwards credit, but it was just to me, it seemed flukish, you know. I because I just don't think the better fighter won. Now, guys, if you remember last week, I predicted that Usman was getting close to the end of his title reign, but I'd said it was not going to be this Saturday, this past Saturday. I thought it was going to be with his next opponent, with which is, which would have been Kazmat Shmaev. Now, I don't know necessarily where the UFC is going to go because it's not always automatic that the champion gets a rematch. I mean, Ronda Rousey got knocked out by Holly Holm and they never fought again. That was the end of that. Holly Holm moved on and Ronda Rousey went to the WWE. She had one more fight, got her butt kicked, and, and that was it for her. I tend to think, though, Usman having been the champion for so many years, I think it's warranted that he gets a gets a rematch, especially considering that he was winning this fight. It wasn't like he got clearly outpointed. He was clearly losing. So I think it is warranted that he would fight Leon Edwards again. 
And I think he would beat him if they would fight again. But, uh, you know, with UFC, you never know. You, you know, you, they, they still always go with the injury suspensions and so so forth after the match, you know. So I, I don't know what that's looking like. But I, w- I would certainly think Usman deserves the next shot at the title just based on the success he's had defending it all, all this time. Be live. What do you think? I mean, uh, do I said, do I sound like I'm on the money here with a, with a lottery kick, with a lucky kick in that, in that fight? See, here's the thing. I don't think it was a lucky kick. I don't think it was lucky at all. Leon Edwards. No, is a... maybe not lucky because he, yeah. it was because you're, you're I think you're about to say he's a skilled mixed martial artist and was deliberately trying to do that. So I, go ahead. I, I, I'm going to agree with you on that point. So, yeah, it, and the thing about it is I get what you're what you're pointing out is that at the point of time, because I was talking well, I was talking to myself. I don't know what y'all was doing. I was I'm, over the... here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over here like, man, this is. Like I was, I was when I looked at the first round. Yeah, Leon Edwards won that first round. He took Usman down for the first time in his UFC career. I was like, okay, this is gonna be interesting. And then the second round happened, and Usman wore him down. Third round happened, Usman wore him down. Fourth round happened, Usman wore him. Like it literally looked like Leon Edwards had given up so much to the point. That before the fifth round, Leon Edwards' um, trainer, his coach, well, whoever it was, was in the and it was like, dude, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yes. I can't do this. I can't yes. do this. I can't do the Jamaican accent. But he was yeah. he was yeah. playing it on thick. Yeah, he was like because Leon Edwards literally looked like he was mentally, emotionally defeated. He was like, I don't know what to do. Couldn't wait for it to be over. Yeah, fifth round came. Usman doing the same thing. But when it happened, it looked like Usman was like, man, I got this. Ain't nothing to worry about. And literally, he stopped pressing forward. And that's when it happened, where Leon Edwards was allowed to feign a left hook. Usman dodged it, but met that left kick, and it was a wrap. It was yep. over. Not even – I mean, it that was calculated. But Usman allowed him to do so. Because Usman was – the entire time he was pressing – Leon Edwards did not have the wrestling um, ability to keep Usman off of him, and he was wearing him down. The the very second, I kid you, a split second where Usman was no longer attacking, Edwards feigned a left and kicked him with a left, and Usman, eyes rolled the back of his head. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was it, it was calculated. But to your but point, B-Live, earlier in the fifth round, Usman was – fighting a smart fight again he had him up against the cage was dirty boxing kind of and was wearing on him and the referee stood him up and 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 pulled him off the cage so maybe he was just thinking uh, you know i well and then there was actually a low blow after that too that 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 separated the action was it was that the one time was it um Uzman or was it Edwards that grabbed on the cage was that a different fight altogether? No, that was in that I think that was in the fourth round and, and oh, he okay. put him and he put him back. Yeah, oh yeah, Leon, that's what Leon it was. Edwards had pulled he had yeah, pulled himself up on the cage and Herb Beans, the referee stopped him and made him go that. back to that, that position. Which get is a good your, call. Yeah. Yeah. Get should get back to where you was at. You can't use the cage in that way. But yeah, it was one of those things where Leon Edwards was he, he looked like he was emotionally defeated. But he still had the mental foresight to like you. 
that was very calculated. It was, but it was one of those things where he it it when you say lottery, it had to hit the exact time, the exact point in time when it did. There was no, yeah. uh, the, there was no fifteen seconds before. It had to happen right then and there. If it didn't, ha- if it because it, it wasn't going to happen. Right, and, and there was it, only a one minute left. Yeah, it was. His time was not of the essence, but when it happened, the roof blew off of the place. Did this just happen? It did, was so one sided that the fans were booing because Usman was just controlling it, and it was not really an exciting fight. Usman was basically taking him down at will, ground and pound. It, it was not much resistance actually from the second round on of, of him trying to take Edwards down, but. You know that that's that's why they. I mean, that's a, that's a five round fight. That's why you fight it out all the way to the end and yeah, and, exactly. and new champion, new champion. Now, and I gotta ask you this because, but according to the UFC rankings, and I guess because you know more about it than I do, um, Shemaev was next in line. What, what what's going on with Kobe Covington? Is he injured? I don't believe he's injured, but he's already had his shot more recently, and he just hasn't yeah. fallen below in the ranks. He was Usman's, I think, most recent opponent. Well, I think he was. Usman defeated him for a second time. I mean, Usman has basically cleared out the division except right. for Shemaev. I mean, everybody else that's below him, Gilbert Burns, Covington, Masvidal, all these guys have already gotten in there with Usman. Even Leon Edwards was in his second fight with him. I mean, Usman has pretty much cleared out the division, except for maybe some of the young up-and-comers who are just cracking the rankings. Chimaev, I believe, was the next guy up that he hadn't faced yet. So that was most likely going to be the next fight, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, yeah. okay, that, and that sounds right. And that's, what, that's why I, I lean on you for these certain things. Because I'm, I'm all glitz and glamour. I see the fights. I don't see what goes on in the background with the rankings and everything. But now, Chimaev, you, I don't know what to tell you, bro. It, it's got to be a rematch. It has to be. It. it, it I kind of think so too. It, it really. It really. It. Leon Edwards, as good as he has been, that wasn't a convincing win. It wasn't a convincing. He that that was literally. Oof, hail that's Ma- pretty convincing. <laughs> well, I'm not. I mean, hail Mary ish. Yeah, mean, no, yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he did, I and, mean that, he, and that's he, why he, I'm saying. Go ahead, Eddie. I mean, he did beat the champion. The title did change hands, but I, I get. I get what you mean. I I, I see it. It, it was a, it was a hail mary. You won, yes, but clearly you weren't the better fighter. Right. It had it had it gone like it, had Edwards defeated him 50-45 in a unanimous decision and and owned him the whole fight. Then I would say at that point Usman might have to get further down the line mm-hmm. and maybe win two more fights to get back. But that's not what happened. He was winning that fight clearly, decisively. And like I said, he has had so many title defenses. He's not just like a guy who won the title earlier in the year, and this was his first title defense. And, and that seems to be t- more of the, the trend. I mean, you got uh, Figueredo Moreno have fought four times already in the flyweight di- division and might be heading for yet another fight uh, within the next year or two. So rematches aren't always they don't always get written off in the UFC, but they aren't always granted, you know, and, but in this case, I do think that uh, I, I think it's warranted to, ha- to have a rematch, but I, I, I predicted that Usman was going to lose. I was a little early on that because I did not <laughs> think he was going to lose to this fight. I, I just didn't. I thought he might have a little problem with the next guy, but not this one. But anyway, that's the way it rolls in the UFC, man. You just never, ever can tell. You never know. And it's never know. Any, any given Saturday, 
as they <laughs> say. And speaking of Saturdays, ooh, college nice football. Tr- nice transition. Nice transition. Yeah. Speaking of any given Saturday, college football is a, a mere handful of days away. All right. And I forgot five, four, three, two. At this point in time, you can you can damn near see it. You can damn near smell it. You can damn near feel it. You can damn near taste the blaze of grass. But you shouldn't be eating grass unless you're a cow. But I digress. All right. So <laughs> it is time. That's a nice grass better behind you, Scotty D. <laughs> Yep, it's college football season coming up shortly, and you know what that means, the return of the B-Live Top 5. But before we get into it, let's take a look at these here AP rankings. B-Live, who is 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5? All right, AP and the AP Top 25 and the Coaches Poll, they have also released their preseason Coaches Poll, and they do mirror each other. There's a couple little descriptions I'm going to go into. Five, one through five are the same. Starting at number five, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Man, oh man, Notre Dame. They seem to keep staying right up there. They're, they're right on the cusp, I believe. They return a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent coming in. At number four, man, oh man, you see the orange right here. You see the Paul. Clemson. Clemson is favored to win the ACC. This is um, our year. This is our year. I, Scotty D, if you don't get off of my segment. This is our year. <laughs> All oh, roads lead to Dabo. I, this is our year. I, I can't wait to get that um, Eat Pit shirt. I'm getting that shirt, by the way. It's a, it's a West Virginia shirt, but I'm getting that shirt. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Eat Let's go Pit. pit. <laughs> Coming in at number three. And the AP poll with three first place votes, um, votes is your reigning, defending, undisputed college football national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, coming in at number three. They lost a lot of talent to the NFL, but they have been recruiting at a high level, and they're trying to run it back, run it back. Coming in at number two with six first place votes. <sighs> Ohio State University, and that sets up a top five matchup in week one where you have the number two Ohio State Buckeyes going against the number five Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That will tell the tale of how this year will go. And coming in in first place with a whopping 54 first place votes is the Crimson Tide. Of Alabama, Nick Saban, them boys voted number one all over again with the return of Bryce Young, um, Heisman favorite. Um, so you got C.J. Stroud for Ohio State, Heisman favorite. So that's going to be a nice battle to see throughout the year. But one through five, you've heard the names up there before: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and Notre Dame. The coaches poll is very similar when it comes to first place votes. Alabama with 54, Ohio State with five, Georgia with six. There is one lone first place vote in the coaches poll that is just ridiculous to me. I'm just throwing it out there. There's one coach out there that believes that the Texas Longhorns are the best team in the nation. They sit at number eight in the coaches poll, but there is one lone coach out there that believes that the Texas Longhorns finish the year 5-7. and seven. They're starting a red shirt 
freshman. You may have remembered his name because I talked about him in an early episode. Quinn Ewers that quit on his mm-hmm. high school team to go chase the money, and he he enrolled at Ohio State and then didn't win the starting job at Ohio State, so transferred from Ohio State to Texas and has now been named a starter for the Texas Longhorns. So they're starting a redshirt freshman, hasn't played a game in college football yet, didn't play his senior year in, um, in high school, and some coach out there said, that guy right there, He's going to lead the Texas Longhorns, and they are the number one team in the nation. I want to know who this coach is. But that's what college football brings to the table, some ridiculousness. So, a couple things I want to point out. I'm going to say it first. You heard it from me here first live on the air, not live on the air, but you're going to hear it on the um, hear it anyway. I believe that Clemson is overrated. No, this is our year. I said it here okay, first. Let, oh, that, why, why are they rated so high then? Because of, I mean, they, let me, let me, they, let me they had a less than, they, they did have a less than stellar season last year, and they're bringing back the same starting quarterback, correct? I mean, DJ yeah, U- Ukulele is, is starting. <laughs> Uangalele. Uangalele. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, that's what that, – I'm sorry. Hopefully this reaches his ears. Well, there's a lot of – they may have reached his ears, and you got to show us more. Because there is a guy there that is waiting in the helms in the name of Kate Klubnik. And he could. this could easily be a Kelly Bryant-Trevor Lawrence situation. Mm. Kelly Bryant started the first four games, and Coach Dabo was like, yeah, you're not doing it for us. Put um, Trevor Lawrence in, and the rest is history. So here's – I, I honestly see that um, DJ is on a short lease. I don't believe we're the number four team in the country yet, but we can be. Our defense rivals our defense back in 2018. That's what so, I was getting. I was wondering if it was defensively the, the, the what was causing them to be have have the high rating. But who else? Are, who else is is going to beat them in the ACC this year? I mean, is there another legit challenger? I mean, Pitt last year won by being carried by Kenny Pickett, who's now. Possibly the starting quarterback of the Steelers. So that guy's not walking through the door. Pitts <laughs> ranked 17, I believe, with uh yep. n- with uncertainty at starting quarterback at this point. They got a uh a guy a guy named Slovis at tra- uh Kevon Slovis that tra- transferred from USC and uh Nick Patty who played last year. But they don't seemingly, I mean, uh, of course I'm gonna be rooting for them, but it doesn't seem like they have the strength again to be the ACC to win it a second year in a row. Who else is, is are we looking at in the ACC that could possibly topple Clemson this year? Well, um, in in the rankings, I mean, NC State has always been this little sneaky. They've been a little sneaky. They snuck they snuck up on us last year. I don't see them regressing that much. Um, there's a lot of hype down there in um, Coral Gables. Um, the U. They got uh, Miami ranked 16th. Wake Forest is right around there. They're at 22nd. NC State's ranked 13th. So they're, okay. they're, they're saying that there's, um, there's a few ACC teams that could make some noise, but they believe that Clemson is the overall favorite to win that, and they believe that a, a ACC champion, barring what happened last year with Clemson being there, Clemson runs the table, they'll make it to the playoffs. 
So that, um, I, that's I guess that's where their reasoning is at for putting them number four. I don't like it because that's where we were higher than that last year when we faced um, Georgia and we came out and laid um, um, this. Yeah, but that mm. was a historically good defensive team right there last year. And I know they lost some guys to the pros, but I imagine Georgia and Polly's in the position of restocking the pond in the way that um, they've been meaning to get to that level for many years. Uh, do we do we think collectively that Bryce Young will be re- will repeat at Heisman as a Heisman Trophy winner? Because I personally kind of feel like if C.J. Stroud has a good year, the committee would more than likely pick a new winner because they don't seem to want to go back to back. You know, they, they kind of want to leave that to Archie Griffin and wouldn't it be something if an Alabama guy deserved it, but they gave it to an Ohio State guy instead. I mean, and, and that's possible. That's, that's entirely possible. This is one of those things where first week says everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> C.J. Stroud, number two Ohio State versus number five Notre Dame, if that's a make or break. Where is that game? Ah, you know? you see? So you be asking questions that I ain't ready for. Okay, I didn't even have that pulled up because I know they also have. I mean, it's um, it's not till later in October, but they, uh, I believe, Ohio State is at Penn State this year. I remember last year, Penn State got off to a five and zero start, and their quarterback Sean Clifford got hurt, and he should be back healthy this year. I mean, this he he was a, a pretty capable quarterback last year, and Penn State. I don't believe they're in, even in the top twenty five. Be left if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Not at all. Quick, quick little research. It is a home game for Ohio State. It is ah. it is in Columbus. Is it a primetime so, game? Oh yes, it is. It Ooh. is. Still it have is the a- goofy the goofy tuba player out there dotting the eye at nighttime. High knee and high stepping out there, best damn band in the land. All that good I stuff. Just, I literally just watched on TikTok <laughs> their their practice of him dotting the eye. Oh, I and hate it, it so it, much. I it just is, hate it. it. it it is just as ridiculous, especially when they're practicing and the tuba player is shirtless. I was just like, I'm my eyes oh, up there. for crying out loud. Was, I, I hate just, that that exists. I hate <laughs> that it's out there. So he was out there chest naked with a tuba. Not nice. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I'm, I can't get that image out of my head right now. I just, I, I wanted to report it on TikTok. I needed uh, to remove immediately. Because <laughs> why? But I figure I might as well admit that since you brought it up. So I mean, oh misery. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And you gotta think like Columbus is like in the middle of the like in the middle of the state. And if if it's anything like the other states across the country, where cities or um um or towns are in the middle of the state, it gets really really hot. <laughs> and just imagine somebody out there with a. Big old tuba swinging around, probably got baby oil on his chest, chest <laughs> naked. Tell like, I'm a daughter. I, I'm gonna need you to put on some SPF 15 and a damn shirt. I hope it slips and he breaks it. Uh. <laughs> I hope it's it sweaty and drops the tuba, sweaty uh. and stinky and mushing all over the place. Like, I, I, <laughs> I understand uh. tradition, but damn, I mean, you know, all right. It is enough, enough about that tuba player, Eddie. Cool, take me somewhere else. The please I, anyway. <laughs> yes, I'll take you somewhere else and shout to be live for the early season be live top five. Coming up next, we got a warrior. No, not the ultimate warrior. We have a special guest. 
American Ninja Warrior by the name of James Burns coming in, coming to hang out with us here at the Sports Bros Podcast. Coming up next, stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sports Bros Podcast. And as promised, we have a guest. That's right. Yes, we have a guest. This guest has a connection to the Sports Bros Podcast because his father is the one, the only, Craig Burns, loyal listener to the Sports Bros Podcast. Who is this guest, you might ask? I'll tell you who he is. He's an American ninja warrior, all right? Straight out of Massachusetts. Please welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, James Burns. How you doing, James? Doing great. I'm glad to be here. Great, man. Thanks for joining us here on the Sports Bros Podcast. We've been trying to you know, make this happen for a while, but we finally got it. We finally make it happen. So let's go ahead and uh, not lollygag and go ahead and jump right into it. All right, James, with uh, a handful of episodes left in the show, like where's the status of the show like right now? Is that the, fi- the semifinals, finals, where are we at right now? So right now we are about halfway through the national finals. There are four stages that make up the national finals. And the episode tonight just had a bunch of people run stage two. Mm-hmm. There's one episode left. And that'll see competitors on stage three. And if anyone makes it through, they will uh, have a showdown on stage four. So that that so next week is going to be the season finale. Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, next Monday? Yes. Right. One episode remains. One, And you know what happens already, right? I do. I was out there doing some testing. So signed many things that don't allow me to... Uh, so you, can't, you can't tell us. You can't tell us, huh? No, he's not going no to. I cannot. <laughs> he, he's, con- he's contractually obligated to plead the fifth. So we definitely respect that. Um, respect the honor of the um of the show and everything. And so I would like to lead off. What um what piqued your interest with American Ninja Warrior, and how was the process of getting on the show? So. Taking it all the way back to the beginning, I was always into more unconventional athletic activities, not necessarily doing your traditional sports. And that type of path is really what uh, led me to Ninja. I was fascinated with the show, um, started training at the gym, and just started uh, getting better and better. Um, The show has a traditional rule where you are supposed to be at least 19 years of age in order to apply though they have been inviting on some younger kids so when i hit that age um i decided to apply decided you know why not give it a shot and i actually didn't get selected my first year um so then a whole nother year of training um i got back into it with what i thought was a uh, a much better submission video and i guess that one uh they, they seem to like it. So that's the process. Everyone has to submit. I guess you probably have some written questions and stuff, but then a, a video proving that you actually can go out and do some of these challenges. Yes, yes. To go into more detail, it's a three-minute video to prove uh, both your ninja skill. You're supposed to show some clips, but also they want to see some comfortability talking on camera because they do have um, interview portions of the show. And they want to make sure that you would be prepared for those. So, like, at what stage are 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 you at when you say, 
I think I'm, this is, this is what I really want to do. I mean, because for me, I eliminated this from being a possibility when I struggled with the monkey bars when I was about seven years old. <laughs> I, I can't do monkey bars or pull-ups, and that's like half the battle won to do this ninja stuff. Well, I mean, how, I, at what stage you say, I think I'm good enough for this and I want to compete? Because I know there's not just American Ninja Warrior, the TV show. There's competitions all, all around the country with this type of thing. Yeah, so that was actually actually interesting. It's something I'm still struggling with is, you know, having that confidence in, in myself in competitions because there kind of is no like moment where it necessarily clicks. When I first started um, with Ninja, I actually couldn't do a pull up and I couldn't do, uh, I couldn't even pull myself on top of the uh, warp ball. There was an eight foot warp ball at this gym, which uh, the one on the show is 14 feet. So an eight foot wall is quite small by comparison and quite easy. Many like kids can do it. And I, I couldn't pull myself up when I started. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a long, a long journey of just putting in hard work. And sometimes I do need to like stop and look back and be like, Hey, we've, we've really come a long way. And I need to sometimes have a bit more confidence when I'm out there on the course. All right. Now, speaking of your, um, your training regimen, um, what is your training man training regimen? training regiment try saying that three times fast what is your, <laughs> yeah i know right what is your training regiment when it comes to what participating in the competitions so the funny thing about ninja is there really is no established way to train everybody kind of does it in a different way so i'll, I'll say what i've uh, found myself doing the past few months but everybody out there is doing something something slightly different and we really don't know what is the best, you know, only time will tell. We'll see who, you know, who uh, rises to the top and clearly what they're doing works for them. Uh, so for me personally, my training schedule is dictated by, you know, where I am every week. Mm. So on the days that I'm teaching Ninja, that is Mondays and Wednesdays, I'll do a little workout in the morning. That'll look like something like a one mile run followed by about 12 minutes of like core. Now core is very important because when you're hanging with your hands, what directs yourself is using your core to lift your legs and kick them in a certain direction. That's what generates your swing. Mm. So having a a really functional core is super important for Ninja. So about 12 minutes of that. And then um, usually I have this pull-up routine that I'll do where it's uh, a 10 by 10. So 10 sets of 10 pull-ups with uh, about a minute rest in between and these pull-ups aren't, aren't going to be done on a bar these are done on a ledge to oh. strengthen the <laughs> fingertips okay. and this is something that i've been um the, i may have been making the ledge progressively smaller as i've been going when i started off it was probably an inch and a half and then once that became too easy and i knew that i could manage something smaller cut it down to an inch and now i can um do it on probably uh three quarters of an inch is about the size that I'm doing 100 pull-ups on. Oh my gosh, that's insane! That's incredible. Three quarters of an inch. That's 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 not even a fingertip. By <laughs> that, what in the what is going on? I've 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 got to ask this because, as you mentioned before, 19 years old, and so we're not going to talk about Scotty D at seven years old when TV was still black and white. But we're going <laughs> to. <we're gonna> <laughs> You opened that door. Yeah. <laughs> but so um, unconventional athletics, because there's so many things where like the conventional way, I, 
Eddie Cool played football growing up. I played basketball growing up. Scotty D ran his mouth growing up. I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> and he may have sang. He may he may have been part of the Glee Club growing up. There, there's there's a moment. What was your traditional sport before? Like, was there a traditional sport before you went the ninja route? No, there really, there really was no traditional sport. I was always outside. I was spending a lot of time in the woods. I was doing a lot of uh, mountain bike riding and hiking and stuff like that. And kind of would, would run around in the yard and set up like little obstacle courses, but it was more just kind of like jumping around random, random stuff that we had. Mm-hmm. But there really was no um, exercising or, you know, training until Ninja. And that's why I'm very grateful to have found it because I can only imagine I'd be in a, a much worse space if I hadn't. Okay. You- yeah, you, you know, it's 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 a uh, I'm sorry, Bill, but this is a, a still a relatively new concept because when I was a kid, there were kids that were good on the monkey bars. There were kids that were climbing trees and stuff that I wasn't good at, and they weren't interested mm-hmm. in baseball and football like I was. And what I learned, you know, I met you a few years ago at Beast Ninja, which is the gym in, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, that you know, specializes in this stuff. And what I learned is that there seems to be like a whole community of, of people that know each other, not just from competing on the show, but other events and stuff. It seems like there's like a whole positive world of people doing what you do that are like supportive of one another. It's not, it doesn't seem like a, a, like a competition of, of, you know, of rivalries as much as it is, you know, of, of friendships. I mean, am I, am I, correct with that yeah you're, you're completely spot on i found the ninja community to be incredibly supportive when you're in a, a real niche like this um there's definitely a lot of bonding that happens because everybody wants it to grow and everybody wants uh, everybody else to keep going because it certainly is no fun to compete against yourself you want everybody else to be just sure. getting better to to really push yourself as well yeah, and what I, what I saw from you in that gym, I mean, and at that point, I mean, this is three years ago, and you've come a long way even since then. I, I thought you were incredible. I mean, you're flying around from bars, you're you're swinging on things and landing on bars on your feet, and you're crawling up the wall outside the building. I mean, I was like, this kid is 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 really good. At this, go ahead, be live. Oh yeah, I was because um, first thing I think about when you go an unconventional route, you see different videos, different things, and. You said that you build your own obstacles. First thing that pops in my head is parkour. Was that is that is that something that you ventured in at all growing up, or anything anything of that nature, or was it just more or less just like, um, because it's one of the ninja the community and you speak of it as a community. That's something that we didn't grow up having. Like we, I, I don't like. Maybe there was a few kids in gymnastics. But really, that wasn't even much of a thing growing up or whatnot. And so essentially, um, trying to just get an idea, like, it's grown so much. And now it's nothing for a child to see the ninja community and that be their thing growing up. And that's that's something I want you, if just something of that nature, like, um, what would you say, like, because, again, ninja... Um, I don't have the background on it, but you have more of a background on it. When was when did Ninja become a community for you? And what was that basis of that community? So the first time I really started meeting people was actually when I went to my very first competition. 
I went to a competition in December of 2018, and it was a National Ninja League competition. And at that point, there already was a community surrounding. This was the fourth season that the National Ninja League was going on. And so there's already a community of people going on. And I showed up and I didn't know anyone. So, of course, there's going to be that immediate feeling like I was an, I was an outsider. So it feels a little weird in the beginning, of course. Um, you know, that's the, only, that's the one downside of a tight-knit community. Sometimes it's hard to sometimes it's hard to work your way in, but everybody was, was super welcoming. I remember, um, there was this kid. So in, in competitions, people, um, will carry chalk because people will sometimes, uh, take a break in between obstacles to reapply chalk to their hands, uh, before taking on the next one. And so I remember there was people who, um, would, would volunteer to carry the chalk for me, even though like they hadn't met me before. And I remember that being super important because that's definitely a, an important part of the competition. And there was also people to think back uh, sharing different approaches to the obstacles. Uh, when certain people, when they come up with um, a new technique or a new idea of a better way of completing something, uh, they don't hold it to themselves and try to win with that. They do share it uh, with everybody else so that everyone has that same opportunity. And that, that's something that's really special. Yeah, I like that the camaraderie. I mean, it's it's evident. You can even see it on the show, or you know, you have little groups of people rooting mm-hmm. for one another. So on this particular season, they started off in San Antonio. You were there first, right? Yes, I went down to San Antonio. I believe that was back in uh, March. They had five different qualifying days, and so the way that that format works is there are five groups of a believe about eighty people. Um, and so each group competes on a slightly different course. So the, the other groups don't really matter for you. You won't kind of see them until either the semifinals or the national finals. Um, you're kind of, you're only concerned with your one group. And if you are top 30 in your group, then you move on to the semifinals. Okay. So then that moved you to Los Angeles. Yes. So the, the, of. 30 are then reshuffled into four groups of a little more than 40. I want to say um, somewhere around 40, I believe was on my day. And then you need to get top 12 of that group in order to go on to the, the national finals. Okay. And that's where you, that's how you get to Las Vegas. Now you were kicking butt on the course and what was it? The kaleidoscope. Is that what that, that would cost you on this one? So the yeah, so it, a, it looked like a it looked like a stop sign with a little ledge <laughs> on it, and and it spun. Is that yeah, is that, so, is that kind of a description of it? Yeah, that actually is a good one because it did have about uh, the front. It was about eight eight sides. Um, so it was these little cliffhanger ledges, and they were all four of these boards were all connected together. So you needed to turn the first one in order to bring the second one into place. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. Which it was a clever design. I got to admit, yeah. it was a pretty cool obstacle. Uh, I made it all the way to the final move and just uh, peeled out. Just couldn't, just couldn't hold on. I just completely pumped out. My fingers had nothing left, which was um, kind of devastating, especially given, as I mentioned earlier, the amount of cliffhanger practice that I do. I do a lot of, a lot of pull-ups on those small ledges, and it just, just wasn't quite enough. Well. I mean, no shame in where you fell because you weren't the only person that went down off of that obstacle. I mean, I saw a lot of people that struggled getting through that one. And I even saw some people who were like 
past champions like Jesse Graff, who had struggled, you know, in this competition. I mean, just because you're good at it one year doesn't mean you're going to come back and kick butt on it the next year. But you, you told me something else that was interesting in that they they select a handful of people to go to Vegas to kind of prep for the finals. And you were among that group, correct? Yeah. So when you're eliminated, you have the chance to kind of reach out and apply to, to try to go for testing. So the testers. It's, it's a group of some people who didn't get the call in the first place, people who weren't on the show, but still want to be around the obstacles, and then other people who were eliminated in either the qualifying or semifinals rounds, but still want a chance to get on more obstacles. And so going out there, it's, it's a lot of waiting around. You get, um, you're kind of, you are working around their schedule, um, but it's all worth it to, to be able to get on one or two obstacles each day. It, it, it ends up being a, a valuable experience because you can't just go anywhere to uh to get on obstacles over over water like that some of this stuff is super high up in vegas um it's not uncommon for some of the obstacles to be like 20 22 feet above the water in vegas which is a, an incredible mental challenge <laughs> that's a daunting task quite hard to not like look down and to, <laughs> to stay focused on what you're supposed to be holding on to it's it's incredible. The stuff you guys do is is mind blowing to me. The, I mean, so so that that type of experience though, does, does that now? I'm sure you want to get back there again next year, mm-hmm. right? So what's that? When's that process begin? Because I know that these things are filmed well in advance. So when mm-hmm. when's your what's your cycle like now to try to get back in? And what do you have to do to get ready? I mean, it, it, you work on your grip strength. Of, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you how do you get more grip strength? How do you get your little fingertips strong enough to go to the next to get to the next level? So one another element is um, endurance. It's one thing to be able to do like um, five pull ups on a small ledge or ten pull ups, but it's another thing to be able to like traverse across a ledge that size for you know a time that might be 30 seconds and then it's a whole nother thing to do that after having done say six other obstacles so what i found is one of the most effective tools for getting ready for a course is just training courses right um i believe in training you should train for what you're actually going to do right pull-ups can only get you so far um, and so going to gyms and running through one obstacle after another, trying to take as little of a break as possible, um, is really the, the best form of training. And so, um, what one, one last question for me is watching, watching the episode, watching all of these competitors, there's gotta be like, some of these obstacles can't be at your local gym. So it's like the first time you see these is when you're actually at the actual competition. And so I'm pretty sure you did do a run through of each of the obstacles. And so I just got a quick list of what they had for them in Los Angeles. You had the shrinking steps, lunatic, lunatic ledges, air surfer, spinning bridge, the kaleidoscope that got you, warp wall, salmon ladder, ghost town. They had a split decision, which was actually pretty cool. <laughs> where everybody went dragon back except for one person I um, went with the spin zone, and then you had the spider trap. Out of all of those um, obstacles, which one did you find the most daunting and then one that's just a normal thing? So the one I was actually the most worried about going into it was the the air surfer. I don't know if you're familiar with what that obstacle is, but you if you picture a upside-down snowboard 
where you're basically holding on to the handles. And so it's like a neutral grip. And then it has these big cushion um, things on the sides, these like rails that are hanging down. And you need to traverse across using just the, this, the surfboard or uh, snowboard handles. Um, that one was scary because if, if you have a little misstep, even if you're super, even if you have super good grip strength, you could still be hanging onto that board. But if the board's falling into the water with you, your tight grip on it isn't doing any good. <laughs> right. So that one was a little scary, especially because uh, people have done their best to recreate that obstacle in gyms, but not any gym that I've ever been to. So that's where it was a little, a little scary. Yeah, yeah, you made you made it through that one, and it was one of the things I, I did a little I did a little research before the show mm-hmm. because I I didn't want to come unprepared, you know. But yeah, that was <laughs> I saw I saw the air surfer. I saw like the wall. I think is something that everybody has at this point in time. I think that's one of the most um um duplicated in most places. Definitely. Um, the spider trap was interesting. What? I, I think I heard they said the doors were like 50 pounds heavy Ooh. and you're traversing just by with your leg strength up yeah. the walls and have to push on the 50. Man. It's a quite unique obstacle. <laughs> I've actually never touched that one, the, the one on the show. Um, oh, wow. So it would have been like if you'd have made it that far, that would have been the first time you've actually would have tried it? Yes, yeah. So any of the obstacles, that, that's the way it is for every single obstacle um, each year. Uh, the first time you're touching it is when you're oh, so uh, competing you, on it. The you only don't ever, get any trials? No, no. Jeez. The only time <laughs> you would ever do something twice is if they bring back an obstacle and you did it last year. Or if, say, you tested in a previous year and then they bring back one of those obstacles in the next, next year. Because you, you obviously cannot compete after having tested in a season. But if you um test in a previous season, then you can come back. I wouldn't. You telling me that I, I'm walking in? <laughs> yeah. ain't, ain't, ain't no way. I gotta practice all that at least. At least yeah, three so or four. <laughs> what we do is we break it down into the types of movements. So right. there's there's certain like explosive movements. There's certain static movements, um, and so when you come across a new obstacle you can break down the type of movements that it will require. And then you can kind of, you will have done those types of movements before on different obstacles. And although it will not be the exact same, um, so someone experienced will be able to look at that and, and break down the type of movements that it will be, will be required to complete it. I like his wording there. I like the words explode. And break because I, right now I my my ACL exploded, my ankle broke. <laughs> like yo, because I I am not I, like so I'm in complete admiration of what you do. Mm-hmm. Like at a, you're still at a very young age. You've absolutely got three fans here at a Sports Rose podcast, man. Keep doing what you do. I know. Give I want you to give give a chance to shout out to the gyms that you work at back at home because. Um, they um, want to recognize them as well, working with you, you being a coach and everything. You're teaching young kids, and you're still a young um, yes. young adult yourself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, much admiration. Some of these kids are going to be uh, 
better than me in a few in a few short years. And I'm I'm not gonna. Here's the thing I always say is I'm not gonna make it easy for them. I'm gonna I'm gonna put up a hard fight, but I I, I still see them. Uh, they're gonna be out there crushing it down at down at Strive Strive Ninja Fitness in in Franklin, Mass. We got we got quite a strong team. I'm very proud of all of them. They put in a lot of hard work. Hey James, before we let you go, to I wanted to uh, to ask you about the um, uh, when you went on the show, you presented the host with some Lego <laughs> microphones. I like it. Yes, is that, that's 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 also a side hobby of yours, huh? Yes, that has been um, a hobby for me for for many years. That is that is the one thing that that stood out for them that I mentioned in this past submission video that I think they liked the most. Mm. Um, I haven't had as much time for it um, since starting Ninja, um, but it's still a still a great way to react, re uh, relax and stuff. You need you need uh, you know some slow sedentary things in yeah. life as well. But as long as as long as it's not everything in life. Hey, but you know what? You've it, this seems like this is I've I've come across nothing but positivity since I discovered the the ninja scene myself. And it, it seems like you have a, a career path of some kind. At least you have a, a fun, positive path going forward. And man, we, we, we really, we wish you the best. And I hope you get on that show next year and you, you hit plunger after plunger. That's what they call it, right? The plunger, the, 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 oh, yeah, the buzzer, the buzzer. Yeah. I hope you yes. hit the buzzer. I hope you hit a ton of buzzers next year and, and, uh, and you kick butt on that show and, and in all the competitions, I mean, that's I know that's just one of many you do throughout the year. I know there's a lot of that the, the, the show is not the be all end all with with uh, the ninja community. So, man, we wish you all the best of luck in, in, in all your endeavors. And we thank you for taking a little time spending with us here on the podcast. Thank you so much. I hope that um, I was able to to uh, teach some people what ninja were, maybe uh, some maybe someone who didn't know what it was before. And yeah, hopefully. Maybe I'll be uh be back some point to uh tell you about next season. Oh yeah, uh, yes, we will have you back. We will have you back, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody, James Burns, American Ninja Warrior competitor. Catch American Ninja Warrior um, Monday nights on NBC. NBC, cut that check. Quit playing. Yeah. <laughs> Catch him on NBC, James. Man, thanks for your time, man. We greatly appreciate it here at Sports Bowls Podcast. Coach Burns, I like it. That's right, Coach Burns. And uh, looking at my watch, fellas, which I don't have on, but guess what time it is? Uh, what uh -oh. time is it? What oh. time? What do you have? What do you got going on? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It is time once again for our favorite portion of the show, the choices of the voices. With that being said, hey, yo, button, hit it. Choices of the voices, James Burns, coming at you. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely this button for introducing our favorite portion of the show. You heard the woman, she ain't lying. It is the choices of the voices, where we ask y'all a question, y'all give us the answer, then we talk about it, and at the very end, we give our answer as well, all right? With that being said, Scotty D, what's the question for this week's choices? the voices what nfl ho head coach will most likely be fired at the end of the season or sooner mm. looking for those hot butt cheeks on the hot seat 
And there's a good chance uh, we have some good answers here, and there's a good chance that everybody's right. There's a good chance of that we're all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's let's see who uh, let's see Eddie Cool what all we got into here. Who, who did the people talk about? All right, let's go. Trey Dizzle, he said, why the hell is Bill Belichick pictured here? <laughs> I, I put Belichick's picture on there as just to be a little funny, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. So well, yeah, yeah, I mean, y'all Belich sure? Belichick's not getting fired unless he pulls a Gruden. Oh, uh, understandable. Yeah. Uh, uh, understandable, but it, it, I guess they did go 10-7 last year, so it's still – he's still yeah. – it's not he's not doing bad, but you know it's one of those things. New England, they're used to they're used to championships. They're not used to falling in the first round of the playoffs. So I don't know. I well, and they don't know who the offensive coordinator is. They don't know who's calling plays. It could be well, anybody. Well, I Bill Belichick's doing call, that on I, purpose. I, I, I called a yeah. few plays of the game. I don't know if y'all noticed. <laughs> Bill Belichick, he's he's playing he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. So we'll yeah. see how it works. No, out. he's. No, he's not. <laughs> Long he's game Belichick. He's playing Battleship, and it's about to sink. Oh, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, it could easily be where whatever he's got, like, what he's trying to do may not work out. Miami, I think, could pass New England this year. Be like, if they go 4-13, and 13, Robert Kraft isn't firing that dude. Not this year. Well, again, he that, that guy's name should not be mentioned on this podcast, but you wow. just did it anyway. But, <laughs> but yeah, right. I mean, uh, Bill Belichick is also like the general manager too, so it's one of those things yeah. where, yeah, he's not going anywhere. But it's he's got, be, yeah, he's got a little job security. He, he's most likely he's going to retire if if that. But that there's also going to be, I guarantee you, there's going to be someone else that we're going to bring up that could be in that. Retirement, as opposed to firing stage, but let's let's go into some more. Oh, I, I think I, I think I know who you're talking about. Ooh, all right, moving right along, we got Dave Romito. He says, "Riverboat Ron." Ooh. Yeah, yeah, could be, it could be. He was another guy given a little bit of power when he got got to Washington, and yet, um, what is a season three or four coming up for him? They haven't done much. Three season three. Okay. Only that thing they only thing only thing they've done supposed to do. Only thing they've done is got a new damn name. It took three years. God, it, that is that is not that is not Ron Rivera's fault at no, all. No, I think I think honestly the Commanders have overachieved. What the what the? It doesn't always have to be the coach's fault when he gets fired. Didn't they, didn't they win the division two years ago? At eight and nine. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The eight and eight or something. The yeah. team, the the no, football team, or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. It was. What was my joke? The seven, football seven team. Seven and nine. Yeah. What was my joke? The football team with no name won the division. Yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus year. Yeah, that's pandemic year. You put an asterisk by that, like they do the Lakers championship. <laughs> nah, nah, nah we're not gonna go there. All right, Craig Burns. He says Tom Brady, the most powerful athlete <laughs> in the history of sports. He no coach. In Tampa, he holds more power than the offensive coordinator, the head coach, the general manager, and the owner. If he does not lead the team to the Super Bowl, he will definitely be feeling the heat. It's going to be fun to watch it all play out. Okay, so I hear that Tom Brady left the team for two different reasons. One, because he's fighting with Giselle, and that marriage is on the rocks. And two, he signed a deal with Fox before – he went back 
and had a commitment to be on The Masked Singer. And The Masked Singer just wrapped up this past week. Now, when the next episode, the next season of Masked Singer starts, if you see a goat out there dancing, keep your eye out. Could be Tom Edward Fitzpatrick, blah, 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 Brady. <laughs> underneath that goat head. <laughs> the greatest of all time. God, yeah. I mean, at the end of the I day, don't. I don't personally believe that that happened. I personally just don't think Tom Brady would say, I, I have a commitment to Fox as well as the Buccaneers. So I'm going to go dance for a week and a half, and then I'll be back. I just don't think that's Tom Brady's style. So I don't – I would be shocked if the next season of The Mass Singer comes around and a head pops off and it's Brady underneath. That would, that would shock me because I just don't think that that's what's going on. But who knows? This is, ta- this, is, this is Tampa Tom. This is not New England Tom. Uh, yeah, you never know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, I heard it had something to do with his mom being sick. Uh, it is, either way, whatever is going on, I hope, Tom it's Brady, not I hope it's not either. But, you know, we, we don't know. We don't never know nothing. So people start to speculating. And then, yeah. and so it's just like, whatever. Um, see you week one and see how everything goes. Um, yeah. He, if anybody's, earned the right to not be there for um preseason games i think he would be the only one i mean even aaron Rodgers should be there at least to give his rookie um wide receivers hell <laughs> and to root on jordan love show support for jordan love <laughs> ain't no love 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 none all right so anyways rodney Bellamy, he says mike tomlin see ya Steelers might win five games all year. That offense is going to be struggling, at least I hope. Um, I disagree he, with this. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. A, this is not a agree or disagree. This is a wish. Yeah, that's a wish. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a, this is a Lord, please. He he doesn't think that Mike Thomas is going to get fired. He hopes, and I don't know why. With him being a Dolphins fan, what the direct correlation is. I looked at this. I'm like. At least I hope he does. I'm like, well, not, not. I, you know, I know a handful of Steeler fans that, that want to see him gone too, but I, I don't think he's going to because I think the Roonies are really high on him. They 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 are competitive every year. I mean, they haven't won a playoff game Ooh. in a few years, but but the um, man, they haven't had a losing season at all with this no, guy. I, 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 I understand. I just I I'm just telling you that it, being in the won. area, the things I hear around he's here, won two, right? One, 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 a Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. One Super Bowl total appearances. Roethlisberger has two championships. One with Coward. One with Coward. Okay. That's where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hey, Steelers fans, let me tell you something. As a Panthers fan, me me and the y'all might be like, we can tell you, be happy with what you have because trying to find a replacement for what you have, tough as hell. So, don't it always seem I don't to think, go? I don't, how, how does song go? How does song go? Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? gone. Wow. <laughs> I'm, you. I'm, I'm like, man, I get it. I get it because you always want to win, but you know, you you're gonna be hard pressed to find anybody better than what Mike Thomas brought to that franchise. And I, th- I and I think they're going to win more than five games this year. I, I don't know that I believe they're playoff bound, but I mean, you never know if, if Kenny Pickett, you know, ends up getting playing time. And even that, even if if the, if they struggle 
it seems like Trubisky's probably going to be the starter for the first, at least for opening day, maybe the first few weeks. And if they struggle with him, then he'll be on a short leash because the fans aren't going to put up with that. The fans are going to be clamoring for Kenny Pickett right out of the gate because he's playing well in preseason. And maybe he will earn that spot. I, I, I don't know. But because of that situation, I think that would even give Tomlin more grace as they're trying to work out the, the Roethlisberger replacement in, in that era. I just don't think Tomlin is, is going anywhere. Even if they, even if they win five games, I don't think that's warranted for him to, to get his pink slip. I just think he's been too good to Pittsburgh. The Rooney's love him. You know, there are fans that, that are ready for a change because they haven't won a Super Bowl in a while, but I, I think overall the city, uh, you know, still has a, you know, it's not. It's not going to happen. I don't think. I, I would be. I would be very, very surprised if this one. Yeah, happens. Man, it's, it's not happening. That's not happening. No. no. I mean, he they're over there wishing on a prayer. I wish. I wish. I. But what? 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 Um. How did ESPN thing go? My wish for you. <laughs> oh my god. We're we, we gonna get nicked with all kind of copyrights. <laughs> These are the karaoke versions, all right? So <laughs> calm it down, calm it down. All right, Corey Lagren, he said, Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons. His cheeks is on the seat. How, how many years is this for him? Two. This will be this, year number two. Might be a quick hook because, again, they're in, they're in dire straits at the quarterback position, too. Marcus Mariota. Yeah. I think there's only one – Team, no. I honestly, I think for as far as starting quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota might be the worst in the NFL. Really? Yeah. Worse than whoever plays for the Texans. Yeah. I think I don't, they, I don't even know who that is. Davis Mills. Davis the Neck Mills. Oh boy. Davis Davis Mills. I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I'm not saying that he's the worst. I'm just thinking when it comes to upside. When it comes to what. What you have to offer, I don't. I think Marcus Mariota's best days are behind him. He is a, right now. He's just there because that is that's their best option. I don't know why, how, which way, or whatever, but that's. They, I, I I don't see it. I think the Falcons could go two and fifteen, and they would they could actually win the lotto more than the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh. I went ahead and said it. I spoiled it. Um, because they, they're both they're vying for. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. That's what. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. That's, that's what. This, that's what this move is. But Arthur Smith has done <sighs> nothing. Nathaniel, not a thing. <laughs> I, I'll say it for you. <laughs> so this that could very well happen. I don't think his seat is hot. I think it's just he's just there for the time being. Because once again, what exactly do you do? What are the other viable options right now? There's not a lot. Like he doesn't have much to work with, let alone. But so I, I, I don't know. I just yeah. see the I see the Falcons going in the other direction, looking for looking towards the future, and um, getting either C.J. Stroud or um, Bryce Young, and then from there, if he can't do nothing with them, then that seat is going to be extra hot. But we'll see. Do they want to start with a new quarterback and a new head coach? We'll mm. see. Yeah, we shall see. All right, the best name in the game, JoJo Comfort. He says, I'll have to say Pete Carroll. Speaking of Seahawks, be live. Ta-da. There it is. Yeah, there there <laughs> it is right now. Yep. There's a lot of questions about whether his coaching was primarily responsible for Seattle's success or whether he rode the coattails of Russ, 
beast mode, and a great defense. Without all that star power, it's time to see what he can really do. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I, I think this is overdue. I think this should have happened at the end of last year. I'd say this is a pretty safe, solid answer because I, I, we're, we're in agreement that Seattle's going to be a little bit of a doo-doo this year. <laughs> yeah. and, and Pete Carroll is pushing 85 years old, so I... <laughs> I, I think I think retirement could be in order for him too. I I don't know. I I, I I'm not going to disagree with that one. That could be that could be the leading answer right there. Yeah. I I'm I'm gonna say this. Like I said before, I hinted toward it. Do they let him just ride into the sunset though, or do they pull it? Do they pull the plug? I think they'll give him the option at yeah. the end to say we're yeah, we'll, okay. we're going to allow you to retire. If not, then. Uh, you're fired, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You're fired. Yeah. We're giving you the unless, unless it gets very, very the, yeah. unless it gets so miserable during the season and he's like a, in in season casualty, which could also yeah. happen. That that's that was and I think that's in the nature of the question because hot, hot seats don't stay hot for seventeen games. They don't. They 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 either you either put out the fire or you get a, you get that dude off yeah. the seat. Unless so, you were unless you were Adam Gase that one year. Jesus Lord, <laughs> where is he at at this point? I have to look him up just to see. He is can't he, be nowhere near football. He he, <laughs> he he is. I think he coaching high school football. Be live. Look it up real quick. I, I might be wrong. All right. <laughs> I think he's at the bar. Probably might be. Probably anyway. Uh, <laughs> Randy Martin said, "If Matt Rule doesn't have a winning season or the playoffs, he may be out." Go ahead, Carolina fan opine on Ed, Eddie Cool. Um he might be right. He might have he has yeah, uh, Randy Martin is yeah, can't can't deny that because um it's gonna be a show and prove year, brah. This is gonna be it. I mean It's a prove it year for the quarterback and the coach on this team. Yeah, so it's yeah, so it's 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 clinchy, it's real tight in Carolina. So Chris McCaffrey gotta stay healthy. There's a lot going on. All right, Anthony Wilson said, I think Mike is on the hot seat. He has all that talent and can't do anything with it, and it doesn't make it any better that the division is weak. He has to figure it out this year. Mike as in Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Mike McCarthy. I'm going to tell you two reasons why I'm going to not pick McCarthy as my answer as a Cowboy fan. And I think there's a – I mean, I think the possibility exists that – the Joneses would like to have Sean Payton or Dan Quinn in the place, but they already could have done that if they want to. But here's what makes me not so sure about that one. And that is because Jason Garrett was terrible for eight years and they wouldn't let him go because Jerry Jones didn't want to show that he was wrong about hiring that guy. And Jerry Jones ego remains intact. So that's one reason. Plus you usually don't fire a coach who wins the Super Bowl. So there's also that. Well, that didn't work for him in Green Bay. So what you? No, what, I mean on that season, on the the season when they win the Super Bowl, usually you get to keep your job the next year. So, you see what he did there? Y'all saw what he did, be live. I saw what he just did. You, no, did you see I, it? I, I I didn't see it because I I woo. <laughs> uh, I I can't see that. <laughs> I I, you, I can't see lost. the Cowboys losing this year. I can't see him losing the game. It's gonna okay, be really you know what? Stop. You know what? Stop. Stop the presses. We're we're not even gonna continue. We'll <laughs> come back to trust of the voices. But I want to hear this from him right now. 
the, the you give me give me one good reason that the Cowboys have the anywhere close to a possibility of winning the Super Bowl this year. And I want you to just give me give me one good reason. Brandon Keith Chestnut says rule needs to leave with the son <laughs> Darnold. <laughs> so thank you for answering, Brandon Keith Chestnut. We appreciate that. That comment. Yeah, Brand, yeah, yeah, Brandon. That was funny. Brandon Chestnut said, uh, "Rule needs to leave and take his son Sam Darnold with him." Uh, uh, that's going to happen. Sam Darnold will not be a Panther next year. So no. you go ahead and call that a you call call that a, a, a L. That's a, it's a wrap for him. Yeah, yeah. Coach, no. Coach Rule, but yeah, Coach Rule is on a very, very, very hot seat. Like it's it, this is it's got to happen. Yeah. Here's another pitchfork coming from at, for uh, Coach Rule there with no, Martin Tracy. I how about you? How about you give him back the part? I didn't. I did not. I didn't have you just take over his part because you refused to answer how your Cowboys is going to win. Eddie Cool Amtrak this thing. This I got it. I, I got it. Here we go. And I'm going to save the best for last. Here we go. We got Maddie <laughs> Ice. Maddie Ice said, "Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Sports Bros Podcast." Eflection. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Tracy, he said, Rule is obviously in the mix with Smith from Atlanta, and there are other good candidates that will be gone if they don't have a good year or show drastic improvements. Rule saving grace is the talents, health, and Baker playing on playing on one year with a chip on the shoulder. Um, do a die time for him as well, as my hunch is they do well. Uh, like one of my friends likes to say, uh, with no with no further ado, I believe Arthur Smith will be lucky to make it through the entire season, and even then, might be a lame duck by the end of the year. Anyway, sorry Atlanta. Hashtag twenty eight to three. Yeah, not letting that go. That little Super Bowl. You that can't. Super that, Bowl you can't. That was funny. <laughs> As a Panthers fan, I was <laughs> good, goody. That's what you get. Trying to be cute. We gonna throw the ball. We gonna throw the ball. Only thing, had, only thing I had to do was run it, run it, and run it some more. All right, folks. With that being said, big shout out to Trey Dizzle, Dave Romito, Craig Burns, Rodney Bell, McCoy, Logger, and JoJo Comfort, the best name in the game. Randy Martin, Anthony Wilson, Bryson Sellers, Brandon Chestnut, Maddie Ice, Martin Tracy for their contributions in this week's choices of the voices. Scotty D, what say you? I heard some good ones in there that I agree with, uh, particularly Pete Carroll. But there's one that didn't get mentioned that I think could uh, could be in trouble, and that is Cliff Kingsbury with the with the Cardinals. Mm. Wow! Yeah, Kingsbury's 24 and 24, um, and he has not won a playoff game yet. And I kind of feel like they must make some strides this year. They're giving Kyler Murray a brand new contract. They're all in on him. If, if Arizona has yet another kind of flat season or doesn't have some sort of postseason success, they could be looking for someone else to develop that that quarterback in that team. So I, I think Cliff Kingsbury has to be good this year. If if they are if 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 they go eight nine, don't make the playoffs, I think a change could be made. And and because I think Arizona is looking at now is is their time to to strike while the iron's hot. I think they're 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 thinking their window is is open right now. What do you think, B Life? That is bold. Like I would have, I would think Arizona is trending up as opposed to trending down. 
with Kingsbury. But if they, that's what I'm saying. If they don't, if they, if he has another year without playoff success, if, I mean, if they go, if they win a playoff game, I I think he's fine. I I think they, I think they're going to have to, um, to win their division, which, I mean, Seattle's not winning that division. Uh, who else they got there? The Rams. They're you know, that's gonna, be, that's gonna not, be hard. Arizona's not winning their division, but I put I have them in the playoff. I definitely have them in the playoff. I don't see well, nothing tells me. I don't say nothing tells me about the Arizona Cardinals that they're trending in the wrong direction and need to fire their coach. They're one of the few teams that I think are in the right direction. Now it's just a matter of getting their personnel together. His play calling is there. It's just a matter. Of, Yes, if I, and again, I don't even. Well, they see started Aaron. so hot last year, and then they turned the opposite. They were at one point what, like eight and zero, nine and zero, and they did not finish strong. They they finished in the wrong direction, and if that trend continues, then I think the guy could be in in hot water uh, again. If if they if they if they go what eleven and five or eleven and six rather, and, and they make the playoffs and win a win a playoff game. I, you know, most likely he'll be okay. But if they don't do that, then I think that they might be looking at for a change out there. I can see. Okay. I, I'll give you that. But he, Cliff Kingsbury is one of those, like, one of those golden boy situations that you got in the NFL right now. Everybody wants their Sean McVay. That's right. essentially, yeah. They want that. Arizona has their Sean McVay with Cliff Kingsbury. He's go, I, like, I, I, I see what you're trying to say. But there's a lot of teams out there that are much they're much worse worse off at the coaching head coach position than the Arizona Cardinals. I'm just I'll put that out there. What I'm gonna put out there, I'm gonna go the other direction as to why the hottest seat in the NFL should be right there in Dallas. Mm. I will honorable mention is Seattle with um, Pete Carroll, but I think they should allow him to ride to the sunset. Maybe they'll have that discussion at the end of the season, like, hey, brother, this ain't working out. We're going to allow you to buy out. Carolina, Matt Rule, he has to have success early. With the Cowboys, I'm going to tell you what it's going to be the ultimate demise for uh, Mike McCarthy. If at any given point in time in these first eight or nine games, that they repeat their performance of the first preseason game and have 17 penalties, <laughs> his, his ass is fired. That is just undisciplined. That's the reason why. Like, I think that just shows, like, you – I will give them, even an olive branch, the fact that they're hurt so much at their wide receiver position, but that doesn't that, – that right there doesn't take away from just overall discipline of the team. That, that would go into, like, having that, that chemistry – Maybe some routes may be off a little bit, but there's 11 offensive penalties. That'll get a coach fired in a quickness. And with the Dallas should, he can, he, Jerry Jones cannot go another eight years with another subpar um, head coach. He, he should not go another year being the president, CEO, and a general manager. That's, that's another story within itself. But he needs – that's why he's got to be strong enough for your fan base to be <laughs> able to say that this did not work out at all. He's got to be the man to swallow this and be like, yo, I have not done my fans right. 
He does his his this guy's ego doesn't allow that. But it's got it's got it's got to show at some point in time. I know for a fact that cowboy fans cannot sit along idly by and watch penalty after penalty after penalty, and let this continue to go on. That the, the discipline isn't there. Man, it wasn't it wasn't there with the last guy. Well, but, but, but so that, that, and the fans were screaming at the top of their lungs. They wanted him out. Of, they wanted Wade Phillips out, and he kept him along a couple couple years too long. Jason Garrett should never have been the head coach for eight and a half years. Never, never should have happened that way. It, it should have been years and years ago that it was apparent to everybody that lives down there and watches the Cowboys that Jason Garrett was not delivering that team to a championship. We all knew it. We knew. We knew. But it's apparent. It's apparent right now. But again, I, I guess I agree. I guess, I agree. I guess you're going off. Didn't y'all weren't y'all like twelve and five last year? Yes. But then you lost your first game in the palm. Couldn't win a home playoff game against Jimmy G. Yeah. Mm. So I'm right now. I'm using my platform right now as a member of the Sports Bros podcast to like put a Bunsen burner underneath that seat. Turn that some. Oh, ooh, I almost. Oh, <laughs> 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 <Over> high. <laughs> and light that on fire underneath um, Dallas Cowboys um, head coach. Mike McCarthy, he, I, I don't see anything about him that makes him a great. He, he couldn't survive Green Bay and winning a Super Bowl. What do you think he's going to do in Dallas? That's a shame before the Lord. Do, do you, you like, remember my reaction the day we found out who the head coach was going to be? Oh, you know, what episode we were on was the air? We what episode? I got to find that episode. Ooh, I got to find that. <laughs> I mean, you I mean, should have that same fire, that same vigor right now because you've had to deal with it for years now. And you've you got fire. zero reserve. Preaching fire, to the choir. Fire, Reverend, Reverend Live. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's the person. This question, I sort of hit it toward also where you, who you think is going to be fired and who you want to be fired. I'm not even a Dallas Cowboy fan. I want Mark, Mike McCarthy fired. The, it the doesn't only, make any sense. The, the only thing that makes me think possibly that you, you could be right is the fact that Jerry Jones is now, I think, 78 years old. He knows he's running out of lifetime, not just out of – Right, you know, out of, out of you know football time, he he's he's got to know he doesn't have much time to to be carrying a trophy around on the field. So maybe he's going to have a little bit more urgency. So if it doesn't work this year, he'll make a change. But he just has proven in the past that he just, you know, <laughs> as the general manager, his coaching hires have not been very good after Jimmy Johnson and then uh, a pretty good one in Bill Parcells. And other than that, he's given us Barry Switzer, Dave Campa, Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett, and now Mike McCarthy. That's not really a good selection right there. And the same guys picked all of them. (sighs) (sighs) The only only thing he should be, Jerry Jones should be picking at this point is what to eat for lunch, his boogers, and his draws out his ass at this point, all right? Um, Those are the only three things that he should be picking at this point in time. He's, you know, he's, my, he's my worst as Vince McMahon. All right. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna do you one solid, um, um, Scotty D, because I know you got a question lined up for this week. But in a future week, can we mention, can we ask the people which NFL owner should be fired? Can we put that in there? 
Can we pencil that into the program? Let's do that one for next week. There you have it. There's our question for the week. Because I, I, I've already mentioned one. There's another one out there that 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 has um, Riverboat Ron Rivera as his coach. Riverboat Ron should stay. He needs to go. But that I could go on for days about a few people that, bruh. Yeah. All right, so there's our question for the week next week. What NFL owner would you most like to see fired? And that'll give us something to talk about. Thank you for the suggestion, B-Lab. I'm taking it. I'm going to throw in an honorable mention. I'm going to say the owner of the Green Bay Packers should be fired. You know who they are? The, the people. people. The people. The people. The people. <laughs> Fire the people. We're not talking the first round of wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh god that's hilarious well uh that's what's on tap for next week for the choices of the voices uh join us next week for another edition of the choices of the voices uh as we figure out what owner or the people need to be fired. <laughs> well, what you got for us this week scotty T? <laughs> i think oh, that's, that, the, that's the question that's it we're going with that yeah, one. Oh, we're, we're rolling yeah, with it we're rolling oh, with it. it yeah that's it <laughs> We all do it. <laughs> I had a college um, football question. We'll wait until next week to do that one. We're on topic with the owner thing. Let's do it. We're going with that one. Might yeah, as well. Might as well. Hey, the grits <laughs> on the stove and it's cooking, boiling, and percolating, if you will. All right. That's it for this week's Choices of the Voices. Coming up next, Pepper. And I got one request, baby. Please don't sneeze and get your boogers on me. A round of Pepper coming right up. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. All right, you heard the woman. It's time for us to go home and get what I call the hell up out of here. But before we go, we're going to do a round of pepper. You know how we do it. Three topics, rapid fire style, kind of, sort of, not really here to engage, enlighten, educate, and entertain. Be live. I got the four E's this time. I, I got it right this time. Because <laughs> I don't know how in the hell four turned into three, carried one, and the past participles, and all that good stuff. So um, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to tell me either as well, too. <laughs> but with that being said, I'll go first. On this day in history, back in 1883, the Philadelphia Quakers made 27 errors against the Providence Grays in a 28, no. 27 of them things, all right? In a 28-0 shutout uh, defeat at Messer Street Grounds. At Messer Street Grounds. Wild pitches, walks, pass balls counts as errors in the Major League Baseball prior to 1888. So if you walk, it's an error. A pass ball, okay, I get it. A wild pitch, I get it. But a walk, an error? Okay, I scored a... Hmm. Yeah. Never heard that before. Yep, that's weird. So, uh, 27 errors. Would I would have watched that game? Probably not. I probably would have turned in, <laughs> in the third inning. Over to you, Scotty D. That's like having 17 penalties in a preseason game kind of thing. That's very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, so, the best team in baseball... In the first half of the season, won four out of 19 games during a stretch in August. That's right. The New York Yankees fell hard, circled the drain, couldn't hit, 
when they did hit, they couldn't get pitching. It's been awful. They need somebody like Paul O'Neill to step in there for the Yankees. And actually on Sunday, that's what they got. Paul O'Neill, number 21 for the Yankees dynasty team, was retired on Sunday. Inspired the team to finally snap out of the funk and deliver a 4-2 victory to spare themselves of a four-game sweep against the Toronto Blue Jays. I got to tell you, I was a little surprised that Paul O'Neill got his number retired because he he was a really good player, but he was he he was not a Hall of Fame candidate, or at least he was not elected to the Hall of Fame. But Paul O'Neill, man, back in those uh, late '90s, early 2000s Yankee teams, was like just the heart and soul. He would never have stood for a team going four and fifteen. He would have he would have. Busted up the dugout. He would have knocked over water coolers, smashed water coolers, and and breathed some life into those teams. Man, he was a fire plug on the team. You, you know, a team that had Bernie Williams and and Derek Jeter and Posada and Girardi and all those all those legends from that era of the Yankees. Uh, Paul O'Neill, number twenty one, now retired. Uh, there's a lot of numbers retired on the Yankees, so that is quite an honor. So, congratulations to Paul O'Neill. A modern Yankee legend. Be live over to you. Well, it is good that um, the Yankees may have gotten one win out of um, out of all the mess that they've been going through. Mm. But during this slide that the Yankees have been going through, this is a nice little segue into my pepper point: is that my Atlanta Braves have actually passed the New York Yankees as now the fourth best team in all of Major League Baseball. Um, they're um, still trailing the likes of the Houston Astros, New York, New York Mets, and uh-huh. the Los Angeles uh-huh. Dodgers. So it's nice. It's nice you know, the Atlanta Braves is doing big things, except for one thing that is not sitting well with the Atlanta Braves faithful. Oh, boy. This, this conversation keeps coming up time and time and time and time again. I barely make, I make around, around $40,000 a year. I get Uber and Lyft because of the past mistakes, of the mistakes I've made in the past. These are professional athletes that are making millions of dollars a year. Let somebody else drive. You can afford somebody to tow your car to where it needs to go, get a, get a drive, whatever. But the Atlanta Braves fans are not happy with the fact that Marcelo Zuna suited up again for the Braves while, while he has that looming DUI sitting over his head. Um, he suited up, did terribly every time he stepped up to the umbound. Um, to bat, the fans booed him. This was at home. The fans are not happy that Ozuna is suiting up. He said this is motivation for him. Hopefully it's the right motivation for him to clean up his act. He was not part of the team when they won the World Series last year. He's a promising up-and-coming player, but he's heading in the wrong direction, production-wise and off-the-field issues as well. Don't know what to tell you, except what we famously tell all the misfits in the professional athlete world, hashtag do better. Eddie Cool, the ball. You got to do better, man. Um, 
Ozuna had that um, domestic violence charge, and now this. And <clears throat> I don't know. You got to figure it out. Marshawn Lynch, I don't know. You got to figure it out. All right. So, week two, NFL preseason. A punter for New Orleans Saints by the name of Blake Gillikin booted a punt of 81 yards during the Saints 20 to 10 loss to the Green Bay Packers this past Friday night. Now, according to CBS Sports, somebody at NFL headquarters said, wait a minute, you ain't supposed to be doing that. <laughs> and with that being said, Gillikin received a text uh, at 7.16 a.m. on Sunday, and it says, you were selected for a random in-season drug test. This test will take place today, August 21st, 2022, at the facility. The test should be completed before the team meeting at 10 a.m. So he ain't had no time to get breakfast, wash his ass, drink coffee, drink <laughs> orange juice, look at highlights from last night. If he got his wife or girlfriend, you know, talk to her and plan life and weddings and all that mess. Nope, you got to take a test because you kicked the ball 81 yards. So Gillikin's punt is the second one to travel 80 yards or more, right? So last time this was done, it was done by Corey Bohorquez of the Green Bay Packers. Owned, oh, yeah, him. Yeah, owned by <laughs> yeah, owned by the people. <laughs> so 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 pretty much he had his he had a game, the game of his life during the preseason. Um he put the ball five times during that game, and they averaged 59.4 yards per kick. All right, he also had a 65-yarder punt that pinned the Packers to their own four-yard line. And he was arguably the most the MVP during that <laughs> game. All right, in his first full year as the starter last season, he was a weapon for the Saints, according to CBS.com. Um, not only did he rank sixth overall in yards per punt, 47.50, let's go ahead and say 50, but he also ranked seventh in net punting average at 42. So all it takes is one punt that literally hung up in the air <laughs> for 80 yards and bounced another five. You ain't supposed to be doing that. Before you drink any orange juice, drink water, or even smell the coffee brewing, take this test. It got to get be completed by 10. I think they should be exempt. I think kicker, place kickers and punters should be allowed to take all the steroids in the world. Because... <laughs> They're not hitting anybody. No, they're just kicking. They're just kicking <laughs> a ball. They're, they're, they're not in danger and threat of getting a statistical or competitive advantage on anybody. But that I I I I I I swear, <laughs> a punter. <laughs> yeah, over to you, Scotty D. All right. Speaking of awesome baseball teams, let me give you a quick update on the Pirates here. Uh, <laughs> B-Live last week spoke of young Rodolfo Castro who slid into third base and had his cell phone pop out of his pocket. It's actually uh, considered a violation because of cheating scandals in the past to have a cell phone on the field. And the Major League Baseball was so worried about this situation that he gets suspended a game. Got a little tiny fine. 
a game. You know you're that terrible when you could possibly be cheating and people don't care. They say, eh, go ahead and give that guy uh, a game. That's, that's good enough. What's next on my desk? Things are so bad in Pittsburgh that the Boston Red Sox, a team two games under 500 at the time, showed up in Pittsburgh last week. And Dennis Eckersley, Hall of Famer, doing color for the Red Sox, said that this team, and I quote, is a hodgepodge of nothingness. He said, we went to a Royals game. We played the Royals the other day, and that young team also wasn't winning, but they have a little something going on. This team, with this little tiny payroll, is a hodgepodge of nothingness. The Pirate fans were not enraged. They agreed. Who was enraged? Brian Reynolds, who said, now slow down, Brian Reynolds. He said he couldn't give any less of a crap. And and after that sharp rebuke to Dennis Eckersley, the Buccos went out and defended their honor the following day with an eight to three loss. The Buccos <laughs> coming, <laughs> not cheating, even with electronics on the field, not cheating. Let's go, Bucks. Be live. Take it away from me. They said, not a problem, not a threat to serve one game. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, man. The Buckos are hosting my Braves right now. They are. We're in a rain delay as of the moment. <laughs> All right. My second pepper point. It hurt to see this. I did not notice. But I was I forget what exactly I was watching. But um Tori Holt was um on on one of those talking head shows. It might have been on CBS Sports. I switched it up. Um Every now and again, try to catch some other um, um, sports knowledge and everything. And Tory Holt was talking with his hands. And I happened to notice when he was talking with his hands, that, that he had that one digit that just ain't quite going with the rest of them. And I'm like, why is his hand like that? Come to find out. That his um, finger, and I believe it is, yes, it is his middle finger, has been dislocated so many times <laughs> that is in a it is in a permanent pulse pattern <laughs> position. If you don't know what a pulse pattern is, is where it's, it's not a slant, but it is a, it's, it's not a it's, it's his finger is bent permanently at a forty five degree angle. For somebody that talks with his hands, don't. Tori Holt, hopefully you make up. He should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, prolific wide receiver. God, that hurts. But, yeah, don't, don't, don't talk with your hands. Just don't. Just don't. Woo. Put on some mittens. Some. <laughs> some mittens. Just Eddie Cool. Pulse, pulse route. The ball. I'm gonna be on TV talking about. Hey, well, see you guys on the on the day's game. We're gonna talk about a lot of stuff. I'm gonna be pointing here, 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 here. Not with that curl, Roger. Not cut it out. <laughs> Two people that should not talk with their hands: Tory Holt and Jason Pierre-Paul. I said what I said. <laughs> Boom! Boom! Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, third and final pepper point. Speaking of people that should not just be. <sighs> okay, as we know, we've heard that nauseam about the whole Deshaun Watson situation. Um, a verdict was finally handed down after what seemed like forever and a day 
uh, 11 games, $5 million. And when he returns, guess where he returns? In Houston, Texas. They did that on purpose. Yeah, that's on purpose. So, so you did that on purpose. So you mean to tell me you couldn't give him 12 games? Somebody asked think they're funny, and this ain't funny. All right, so here we go. Um, the Cleveland Browns play host to the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and it was a rain-soaked game, and Joshua Dobbs got his shine on. So forth, so forth and so such, right? But there's a cringeworthy photo. Yes, sir. There's a cringeworthy photo that has surfaced on social media and involves a father and his son. And the sign goes, and I quote, the father's, it's, it's two signs. The father's holding a sign that says, F them garden tools. And the little boy's holding a sign saying free Watson. <laughs> you can't you can't. First of all, I don't have kids, but you can't put your kids in situations like this. Because that little boy don't know what in the hell is going on. He doesn't understand the ramifications of what happened with Deshaun Watson to why that sign has been generated. Um, I will say this. This is poor parenting and a bad joke. Like, that is definitely not a good look. Like, you, you're going to subject your son to a lot of ridicule. Um, you're probably, you know... Don't be surprised if you got rights groups in your DMs, in your inbox, in your front yard picketing. Don't be surprised if you got, you know, Fox 8 or Cleveland 19 or be, you know, or, or the local um, NBC affiliate knocking on your door. Sir, I understand freedom of speech and freedom of expression, but this is not a good look. F them garden tools, free <laughs> Watson. Man, you, sir, as a man, really have to do better because you, you, you my thing is i ain't worried about you because you 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 know what you're doing it's your son that i'm concerned about it's your son that i'm concerned about so parents a tip to being a good parent is don't drag your young children into adult stuff children have a place and let children be children and that's all i got to say about that over to you scotty d yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> All right. So B Live has a habit every now and again of bringing up the USFL and telling me what's going on in that league. And now I'm interested because the MVP is in Big D. Cavante Turpin took two, not one, but two to the house the other night in a nearly penalty free game. Well, seven penalties, anyway, eight penalties. Way, way down from 17. It was a love fest over the Cowboys the other night against the Chargers. He took one a kickoff 98 yards to the house. Woo! That wasn't enough. He took a punt 86 yards to the house. Woo! Man, I'm telling you, we got an MVP in Dallas. He could be a league MVP candidate at this point. We we don't know. We don't know. The sky's the limit for Cavante Turpin. I mean, <sighs> penalties are down. Special teams are up. Mike McCarthy's seat is getting cool as we speak. 
be live it could be our year in college and in pro over to you all thanks to Cavante turpin i'm telling you and the usfl yes i love the usfl pipeline to the cowboys <laughs> the, the cowboys penalties are down the special teams are up and we want the smoke Woo! <laughs> Third and final pepper point. I don't normally do this. Don't normally do this when it comes to my pepper points. Because, you know, people talk trash all over the place. And, you know, I talk trash all the time. I don't use my platform to give other people that talk trash a platform, essentially. Like, I don't give them benefit of, like, what the trash that they talk may ever sort of quote unquote get to me. But this one right here, he wakes up every morning. He goes to sleep every night, year after year after year, idolizing LeBron James. This guy is nonstop trying to build up <laughs> LeBron James' name and tear down Michael Jordan's legacy. I don't know why. Where did Michael Jordan hurt you, sir? You know I'm talking to you, and I'm going to mention you by name, Mr. Tim Livingston. My cousin out there. Every day he wakes up finding some reason that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. You've lost, sir. You've absolutely lost. Because today, it was announced that the PGA Tour 2K3, 2K23 video game will feature the likes of Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan will be a playable character on PGA Tour 2K23. You know you are the GOAT when you get on not only your sports uh, <laughs> video game, but also in golf. Michael Jordan isn't even that good in golf, but just the fact of the matter, he is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. He's going to be featured in a golf game. LeBron James, do that, sir. Tim Livingston, get off of LeBron James. Go ahead and edit that out. Call it a day. I said what I said. Just stop it. It's over. The GOAT conversation is over. Michael Jordan's the greatest. Shout out to Bill Russell, all-time great. He is the greatest. He has the most titles. Nobody's ever going to catch him. But the comparison is over. Michael Jeffrey Jordan will always be better. I said what I said. Good guys, out. For PGA Tour 2K23 featuring Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yes, sir. Yep, that's some transcending stuff there. All right, fellas, we all got our pepper points in. It's it, buddy. All right. Wanna, I want to give throw a shout something out to real Al- quick. I did quick research, found out that I'm Adam Gase. <laughs> Adam Eyeball Gase. He is an offensive coordinator for uh, his local high school in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Wow. He's not even a head coach. He's, the, he's an offensive coordinator. He went Working. from NFL head coach to a high school offensive coordinator. 
He could be eyeballing the eighth grade head coaching job next. You never know. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Oh, not hey. hot water. No. <laughs> and, and shout out. So I will not go. Go ahead, Scotty D. We got to give a shout out to Albert Pujols. We were talking about his home run, home run deal last week. He had two in one game the other day, and he had a a grand slam for home run six ninety the other day as well. So Pujols is still getting it done. Yep. Hey, let's go. Let's go. How many games we got left in the season? We got five. We still got it. We got some. We got five or six weeks left, so still got a little time. Let's go, pool hole, pool holes to 700. I was like, uh oh, Scotty D, he hit three and the X amount of games. I said, oh, here we go. Yeah, I think he's at 692 now, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, 692. Let's go, let's go, let's go, pool holes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, make me sound like I know what the hell I'm talking about for once in my life. (laughs) That's been another episode of the Sports Bros podcast. Shout out to our guest, James Burns. American Ninja Warrior for joining us. Um, well, I was going to say, I don't know, but um, to those Do of you that something know, nice. Oh. Well, 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 before that, um, <laughs> shout out to um, WOBL, WDLW Radio. I had my chance to be on the radio doing high school football. And um, chances are you might hear me on there again. So um, go download the app, the WOBL, WDLW app, um, and check me out. Friday nights, talking high school football here in good old Northeast Ohio. I'm still in shock. Like, well, you do run your mouth on your podcast one day a week, but you're on radio. It's just, it's just, I haven't come down off that high yet. No, it's not a sugar high. But it's just like adrenaline. So I'm looking forward to it again. Um, Congratulations. Thank you, Sports Bros. You've been some of my biggest uh, supporters and everybody else out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Dreams come true. Just keep on dreaming. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They're greatly appreciated now more than ever. Please do not be like that lame father that had his son with that F them garden tools free Watson t-shirt. In the words of the money man, Scotty D, do better because we all got good in us. With that being said, it's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Be that if you know what to do. Yes, sir. And just like that, we're out. See you next week. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. Do you want some more of the Sports Bros podcast in your life? Wait a minute, don't answer that. The answer is yes, and I know you want some more of the Sports Bros podcast in your life. Do us a small favor. Go to the description box, click our Linktree link, and you'll see all the links on how to follow the Sports Bros podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.